Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the sixth, possibly, um, episode of the Couples Develop podcast. Um, so uh, my name is Bridget, and I'm a marriage and family graduate student. I'm here with my boyfriend, Justin, who is a financial po- a financial planner, excuse me. Um, and yeah, we just decided to create this podcast um, out of the COVID-19 quarantine. Um, we're super passionate in our own relationship um, to just chat about personal development topics um, and make it one of our goals to have exceptional lives and also an exceptional relationship. And we're happy you're joining us here to do the same. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Today on the agenda, Justin and I thought we'd chat a little bit about the idea. Um, The way I think of it is kind of quote in quotes, you are what you eat. Um, I always hear that quote in regard to like the foods you eat and what you put into your body. And um, Justin and I have talked in the past and more recently kind of about how you are what you eat in regard to consuming different types of media. So um, books, podcasts, et cetera, and also just the people you're around. Uh, The number one thing I think about in regard to that as well is um, there's a speaker, Jim Rohn, who um, is attributed to saying something along the lines of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So that's kind of our plan to chat today. You know, Bridget, I, I love the comment when, uh, in full disclosure to the listeners, Bridget was the wonderful person who brought this topic up that we should talk about today. Um, one of my business mentors growing up when I was in college, I was at a, uh, a seminar with the other business owners he was mentoring, and he said the comment to him that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And I was 18 or 19 when I heard that. First time I ever heard it in my life, but when he said that to me, it just clicked. Like something Mm -hmm. made sense to where I was like, holy smokes, like it makes sense that if you spend all your time with other athletes who always want to be the best at their sport, you're naturally going to be better because the conversations in those circles are going to be more around the lines of how you're training, what you're doing, Mm -hmm. instead of, oh, I toilet paper John Doe's house this weekend. (laughs) But in a simple example, I, I'm really passionate. It, I actually feel like this quote changed my life and put it on a different mm-hmm. trajectory. So thank you, Bridget, for bringing this topic up today. Well, you are, I definitely remember that story that you shared. Um, so it's been, my, I've, I'd heard it before that, but it has kind of been on my mind and kind of an ongoing conversation I know you and I have had. So um, thank you for sharing that story and being passionate about this topic. Um, I think, too, it's just it really when I hear that quote, um, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It really causes me to check in with myself on, you know, who are those five people? Like, who am I spending my time with? And I know I've recognized in the past um, you can't always control the people you're around. But, um, you know, if you are around people who, um, you know, are more negative or more pessimistic, that's going to carry over into how you think things versus Um, people who are more positive and do have more um, goals and aspirations for their life and just um, viewing life in general as mostly optimistic. I think that definitely changes things too. And especially in a time like this, um, we can always use more positivity, I think. So it just carries over into um, how you want to be as an overall person and always a good idea to think about, you know, what do you want to excel in? Like Like you were sharing, Justin, with having a mentor, um, someone who can grow you in a way that you desire to grow to make sure those people or person are part of your five 
Well, yeah, and I mean, the other way I like about it is, I guess I like to think in multiple ways. One of them being is, oh, I have multiple friends. I have an endless amount that I could make a new friend every day if I wanted to. But then when you think about it from this perspective of, all right, if you have five people in your life that you could pick from, which friends are the ones that ultimately are going to make you a better version of yourself or which one brings out the best person in you? Because the reality is uh, if you have to pick five, you're not going to be able to pick, well, I got eight, nine, 10, 11, or 12 that really focusing on five really helps you realize, okay, uh, if I spend more time with John Doe versus Brett Doe, which one ultimately is more aligned with how I want to think or how I want to go through life? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can make you more selective. And I don't say that in a negative way, selective about who you spend your time with, but in a way it, it puts you in the camp of having quality of friendships mm-hmm. versus quantity of friendships that I personally am much more of the adage. I mean, it's great that many people know you and many people respect you. But in your closest knit circle, that the, the quality of those friendships is so deep that that is infinitely more important than having a million friendships with only an inch wide in terms of um, substance within it. If it's superficial, that's not really doing anything for anyone. But if your closest friendships are miles deep and they're all aligned with similar work ethic or mm-hmm. uh, the way that you're approaching life, I think that really puts you on a much different track versus someone that is not intentional about who they spend their time with. Completely. Yeah. I I totally think of that same idea of um, quality versus quantity. Um, And I think too, it's the quality of those friendships and relationships that you, you know, are are intentional about spending the most time with and the most quality time with, that's definitely going to carry over into your reactions, excuse me, into your interactions with other people that perhaps, you know, aren't as positive or aren't part of your five, but that you can't really get away from. Like, you know, maybe you have a coworker you don't necessarily agree with or get a lot of positive energy from, or like great aunt Nancy at Thanksgiving always asks you if you're dating someone that's really annoying, like just certain circumstances that you have to see these people. I think that making sure that the time that you can control and be intentional about, I really, I've seen in my own life, I'll speak for myself, just the dramatic effects that has taken into those situations then when I don't has have as much control over who I'm around I feel like their comments or their demeanor or whatever um, just overall just bug me less and I just feel like I'm so rejuvenated and refreshed from being with good people who um, just make me the best version of myself and that's able to carry over into other interactions that's a great point Bridget and you know speaking about like your aunt on on uh, Thanksgiving right that I think a lot of people interpret, oh, you spend like the five people, you spend your time like the most five people that you're with is like, okay, they're either all in or out, yeah. out of your life. Mm-hmm. That That's not the case at all because like, we all have family. And, and so I think a way to look at it is instead of saying, all right, in a typical week where I'm unintentional, maybe I'll spend 10 hours or five hours with this person. Uh, but if they're still important in your life, okay, maybe you can't spend five or 10, but you can spend one hour that it's more intentional, but being able to communicate to them that it's that relationship still important to you, 
but you're still spending that not as spending as much time with them as you otherwise would. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really important distinction that it's not your cut. Some people you may have to cut out of your life, but others uh, that you still want in your life, just maybe it's not as beneficial to you for uh, ultimately what you want. Because mm-hmm. I know a, an easy thought is, well, I don't want to cut someone out or I don't want to spend some take time out of my day to not spend as much time with someone uh at the same time your future life is impacted because you may not achieve the goals you want because you feel like you're doing yourself a favor of always Mm -hmm. keeping somebody in your life that is taking away from your time rather than you being able to feel energized from the time you're spending with them yeah uh so a lot of dynamics there but i i think the more people can journal about this topic and really if they just chose to kind of live life in this way or adapt close to it as possible, they'd probably, their mindset would probably change for the better. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. And I, um, as a person who's personally, um, I have some difficulty uh, creating healthy boundaries with people. I kind of feel, um, a need to be available and be quote there for people. Um, and so I found it super helpful in my own life to think about, okay, why, why am I choosing to, like Justin was saying, you know, maybe spend less time with a person, even if they're very important to me, and even if they're part of my five, but just make sure that quality and that you have time to, you know, spend with other people or uh, work towards your own goals or have that time individually to recharge. Those are all pieces here. And to tell that person that perhaps you're, you know, maybe only spending a little less time with to just phrase. I've always phrased it as, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm my best self when I, I want to make sure that the time we have together is quality. I'm not just showing up for the sake of showing up, but that I'm actually present and showing up and granted, you know, no one's perfect. No one's life is perfect. Life definitely happens and you can't always control for that, but to just um, recognize your own boundaries and recognize, you know, what's going to uh, kind of set you yourself up to, up for success. Cause, um, you know, life is, you can't control so many things in life, but to control the things you can, um, I think is really important. And um, relationships is definitely one of those. And really tapping in, like Justin was suggesting, journaling on, you know, maybe who are those people and why are you doing that, I think can make it a lot clearer. Well said, Bridget. And going along uh, your comments on that, you had a video that you shared that you really like. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I found um, a video on YouTube as one does. Um, and to be quite honest, I don't have the author right in front of me that I realized as I'm saying this. So we'll include it in the show notes um, so that anyone listening can have the link and we can give the person proper credit. Um, but the video was a really nice uh, kind of cartoon demonstration of this very idea. Um, it opened with the famous quote by Abraham Lincoln. Um, he says, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. Um, and I just think that that really struck me in regard to this, because I think, you know, how do we sharpen our ax? How do we, um, you know, you know what, what is the goal? In this quote, the goal is to chop down the tree. So Abraham Lincoln wants a sharp ax. Perhaps a goal for life would be to live a happy life in general. Perhaps a goal would be uh, to, you know, secure a job you want, you know, just something like that. What are the things that are going to give you the most uh, probable success in making that happen? What 
things can you do? What, um, who, what, which people can you be around? What activities can you pursue that are going to sharpen your acts that are going to um, give you the best prob probability of making your goal happen? Um, and I definitely think, you know, talking about setting oneself up for success, I think ensuring that you have um, positive minded, motivational, uh, goal oriented, hardworking people around you that you can learn from um, is just one of the many ways you can do that. Well said. Well, one of the things in the video, uh, they talk about like creating your bubble uh, per se of being able to surround yourself with those people. What, what are some of the habits that you think Bridget can help somebody or help attract other people in their life because that are of a similar mindset to them, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think your suggestion earlier, just about journaling and spending some time with yourself. I, I think that's an excellent place to start for many things regarded to personal growth. Um, Cause I think it's really important to, and I know this is said often with personal development topics to kind of find your why um, you know, why do you want to be around uh, people you admire? Why do you want quality relationships? Why uh, do you want the job that you want? Why do you want a happy life? You know, all of those things. And I think that that allows you to narrow things down and to, you know, there, there's so many different activities you can pursue. There's so many different people you can be around, but like, who's going to give you the greatest success of achieving those things? Um, and I think too, like I, I feel like thinking about this idea first, I was extremely blessed to have amazing people around me like you, Justin. Um, and so beyond that, I helpful to find like online mentors that of course don't know they're a mentor of mine. Um, but you know, there's, there's social media sites. You can follow positive people that inspire you. There's, um, you know, speakers, there, there's authors, there's podcasts and um, podcast hosts and different people that you can, um, listen to that, you know, even if they're not your, your boyfriend or your best friend or your family member that are, are still influencing you in, in highly effective ways. Wow. That was a slam dunk answer, Bridget. Well, well said. I mean, I, I think we're very lucky living in the world that we do uh -huh. with how technology really makes it so much more possible for this to happen. What I mean by that is I mean, you talked about it that even if like even if you live in a small town or you don't know anybody uh, that listening to podcasts, reading books, those can all serve as mentors. But then take it to a step further that there's there's conferences, there's seminars where mm -hmm. you can meet people. And even once you uh, meet somebody that you like, it's like, wow, like I really like that person. Just even saying like, hey, you know, I really even use I've used this line several times in my life. Hey. You know, I really believe in that who you who you spend your time with, like the five most people you ultimately helps determine the outcome of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, would you be interested in getting coffee like every other month just to check in to see how you're doing or, or, or things like that? And gauging whether or not a, a person's response to that, I think, tells a lot about them, because if they're not into it, they'll say, oh, that's I don't really believe that or or if they're like, yes, I totally agree with it. And if your conversation is built on, you know, what books you're reading, what you're doing, what you're experimenting with, you know that you come across somebody that is truly interested in growing their life and trying to be better. Uh, because most people, I guess I use an example too, and it's different spectrum. 
So like if you find somebody that's always, and I'm, I don't like to stereotype, but if you're, say you always find somebody that gets excited about uh, how many beers they can drink in one sitting or going out on the weekends. And, and I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but if, if that's like their, if every time you're out with them or every time you talk to them, if that's the primary goal or conversation topic centered around, and if you try and bring up books or things they're learning or how they're, what they're doing to further motivate themselves and they don't have much to offer. I mean, that's a pretty clear cut sign. And, and I'm not saying one lifestyle is better than the other. I'm just saying if your goal is to, um, uh, be the president of the United States, typically you're not going to be able to just go out every weekend and, and not uh, surround yourself with other smart, intelligent people that also have uh, high, high arching goals. I think that was so well said. Um, yeah. A couple things that comes to mind when you say those things. And um, I think too, you know, be, controlling somewhat who you're spending your time with, you know, whether those are um, online mentors or, you know, authors and books you're reading, or you're going to conferences and seminars, or you're connecting with um, people in your profession on LinkedIn or whatever else. Um, I think that can really be motivational because if the majority of people you're around, whether it be like in your community or um, your friend group or your family members or whoever, if Again, not saying that any one lifestyle is better or worse than the other, but just as Justin said, if you have goals, goals require sacrifice. So you have to, to an extent, live a little bit of a different way in order to achieve your goals. And that looks so different depending on what your goals are. Um, And so being around people who, you know, maybe have achieved some things that are on your bucket list or, you know, do have a fulfilling career that you really admire. I think spending time with those people can really motivate you as well. Um, Cause it's so easy to get disheartened if um, you're around people who don't share the same values or goals as you. And of course that's okay because we all have our own values and goals. And again, that's up to the person, but if you personally really want to excel in an area and you're not around anybody um, physically that, you know, has those same goals and ideas it's so easy to get disheartened and it's so easy to think okay well why am I doing this what is the point you know maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm naive maybe I'm trying too hard being over dramatic or whatever and so to you know connect with people on LinkedIn go to conferences um, listen to podcasts uh, read books um, you know follow encouraging people on Instagram social media whatever um, can really kind of allow you to see that end goal and to see you know maybe something that you can't yet see i suppose yeah and if you're since this is a dating and relationship podcast (laughs) that if you're single and you're trying to meet someone that is into personal development you know if you're on tinder bumble match.com or and we're not paid to offer any of these names (laughs) (laughs) uh just just put in your profile that you're into personal development and you like reading and and whatnot, because I mean, the, those apps are just filled with people and it's really hard to differentiate yourself. If you know what you want or you know what you're Mm -hmm. trying to attract, uh, that makes it pretty narrows it down pretty simple for someone that's looking for what you want. Now, the reality is, you're not going to find many people that in their twenties that are that devoted to personal development. That's just my honest opinion. But when you do find someone, uh, it really makes the relationship that much more meaningful. Like when I first met Bridget, 
like I know within our first couple of dates, we were talking about personal development books that we were reading and things that we like. So right away we were, we knew that we shared a common value for those types of things. So that's one other small little action step I would put for the single listeners. Yeah. I, I think that's so great. Um, and I always think too, something that comes to mind with this is, um, you know, you're wanting to be around people that you admire, that you um, aspire to be. Um, my, something that really helped me both when I was single and even still to today is to, um, you know, do journal this every once in a while, or even just wake up with this thought and just think, okay, who do I want to be? Like when I was single and I wanted, um, to meet somebody before I met Justin, um, you know, I thought, you know, what's, who's the, what's the person that I want to be when I meet somebody and not that you're ever a finished product and not that, you know, life's a continual journey and you just get better and better than the person you were yesterday. So not to say that all of a sudden you're this perfect person and then um, everything is great. But, you know, I, that was really motivating to me to think, okay, what are the things that, you know, I would want a partner to be into? What kind of qualities do I want them to have? But also what kind of turn that back on myself? What kind of qualities do I want to have? Um, and I think too, just, yeah, in, re- in regard to dating and, um, you know, if for s- single people who are looking perhaps for a relationship to um, think about, you know, what kind of steps or what person do I want to be as a person today? Because of course, like we talked about, um, I think in our very first episode that um, a relationship is never something like I'll be happy when or like I will be whole and complete when I find when I date or get married or whatever else. It's always, you know, two imperfect people coming together um, and nothing's ever perfect. And the more you can be secure in your identity and who you are and have clarity on what you want out of life and what you're passionate about and what you're motivated in, that's going to help you attract you to both uh, dating partners and also um, just lifelong friendships and other relationships that are meaningful. If you commit to kind of having that mindset and trying to figure out, you know, who do you want to be? I think that's going to help you create that bubble and it's going to help you um, find the right people and also attract the right people, both in um, you know, professional relationships, mentor, mentor, mentorship relationships, dating relationships, friendships, all the above. Well said. Well, I think we've hit on this topic enough uh, that listeners felt like, <laughs> I get it. I need to go. I need to go find five people. <laughs> Quick, go run down to your local uh, airport or tra- actually, never mind, social distance. I'll give advice on how to find the five people after uh, social distancing's <laughs> given up here. But uh, all right, we have some couple emails here that we can respond to. Let's do it. Would you like to read the first one? Oh, sure. By uh, Everyone Loves Lucy. <laughs> well, not exactly, but Lucy writes, David and I have been together for three years. I have always been wanting to be married and have kids one day, as I thought this was something every girl dreams of. I think I will want that and believe it's a normal desire. However, David has never mentioned it, and we have never discussed the topic. He seems content with where we're at currently in our relationship and doesn't mention anything about the future. I think it's time to move on to the next step. Is this a red flag? Good stuff. Um... What's the answer, Bridget? Well, there's never a concrete answer. There's the hypotheses. Um, I think just oh. as we talk about, I think this ties in really well to the topic actually that we were chatting about earlier. Um, I think just, again, the importance of um, being on the same page with um, your partner and to 
um, you know, you're wanting to be with someone um, long term, if you want a long term relationship, you'll want that person to um, have similar life goals as you and especially as they relate to you as a couple like children would um so I know it's scary but I you know I I I, I've seen relationships where um the topic is you know just future topics in general and tougher topics aren't talked about just because oh it's awkward and you know maybe hidden expectations of I think so-and-so should bring that up no I think the other person should bring that up or I don't want to be dramatic um but I think that uh, just the encouragement, you know, if that's something you really want and you're seeing that future with somebody, it doesn't do any good to um, wait around in a relationship that might not be headed in the direction you want it to. Um, And to at least just open up that conversation because, you know, worst thing that can happen is Lucy and David are together for another three years and still don't talk about it. And Lucy gets resentful and David's either confused and oblivious or perhaps had the same goals or maybe didn't and um you know the time together is um I don't want to say wasted but just if you're not in it for the same reasons um to make sure you can be on the same page about important topics and at least compromise or otherwise you know you're together forever and never talking about things even though they're hard it's not going to be beneficial long term it's going to create more pain and I guess pain doesn't equal gain in this no, situation for when it comes to lifting weights. It's not exercise. Um, <laughs> but it is exercise to bring up tough, tough conversations and be uh, trying and trying every day to be rejection proof. Um, and this is a way to do that, to build confidence and know that even if it's hard, it's gonna, the conversation is going to be worth it regardless of how it turns out because you won't want to look back on your life in however many years and think, oh, I wish I would have said something. In regard to this conversation or anything. I, I'm just going to quote uh, Friends here, my favorite TV show, that I know there was an episode where Monica decided to give Chandler a book on relationships. And to her surprise, Chandler read the book and kept reading other books on relationships. And there was one scene where there was a disagreement or something like that. And, and Chandler said to Monica, well... For all we know, we could we think we're heading down the same path, but in reality, we're heading down separate paths. And she was like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have given you those books. Uh, so good. my guess or my response would be that it's in your control to whether or not you know whether or not someone else is walking down the same path as you. And the simple thing is to, oh, I guess I'll quote Dumbledore is from Harry Potter, I think like help will always be given to those who ask for it. Mm-hmm. So in this case, ask for it, ask, ask the question, ask, ask, oh, ask. That's good. Good quotes from media. I like it. I go. Yeah, I got lucky. Nice. Um, All right. What about okay. Brian? So Brian says, I have been dating Jenna for a few months now. We get along great, except when it comes to activities to do together. I enjoy being active, being outdoors, and trying new things while she seems content to stay inside watching Bob's Burgers all day together. Uh, what should I do? Interesting comment. Um, I think, I think you know, trying to figure out what are um, the reasons behind these two different opinions. Um, 
you know, something I want, I wonder is Brian, you know, perhaps you could ask Jenna, um, you know, what it, does she really enjoy that activity or activity or is there something about, um, you know, being in a relationship or, or going out with your significant, significant other, excuse me, that's kind of scary or, um, awkward. Um, I know that, you know, it sounds like they've been dating for just a few months. So I think the beginning stages of relationships is always, um, learning to get to know your partner and figuring out how you're alike and different. Um, and so to kind of dig in, um, you know, just about, it's great to continue to get to know each other. And I think that this is another way that Brian and Jenna can get to know each other and Brian can perhaps chat with Jenna about, um, you know, these are the activities I enjoy. What kind of things do you enjoy? And, you know, perhaps um, there can be a compromise. Maybe, you know, there's a show uh, that you could watch together and then maybe there's an outdoor activity you two can both enjoy and just uh, find a good compromise. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe, maybe it, maybe Jenna would like to do those things too. It's just um, feelings of kind of insecurity or worry about uh, the awkwardness of going out as a couple, I think is typical of beginning relationships. Well said. I don't have anything to add on that one. Oh, I like it. And I mean, I will just put a plug here. I did not watch the show Friends until, I mean, I'd seen it in the past, but not consistently until I met Justin. And let me tell you, it's a fantastic show. So, you know, you never know what kind of um, show recommendations or what you're going to learn from your significant other. And Bridget's favorite TV show yeah, is Bob's Burgers. Favorite of all time, for sure. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic, I, so I'm I don't sorry. get yelled I, at. Yeah, I don't. It's the least favorite least show. Favorite, but again, whoever likes it out there, that is more than okay. It just is not my style. I'm more of a friends, this is us kind of person. All right. Any recommendations on resources? Yeah, Bridget? I guess um, one thing I would mention is just a book I'm currently reading uh, very slowly. Um, it's called Boundaries, and it's by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Um, I can be a very slow reader when it comes to actually reading books, so I just found the audiobook from my library, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but it's a nerdy uh, therapist and training uh, relationships kind of book, and it's just all about um, healthy boundaries and um, just, yeah, the importance of creating those so that we can be our best selves for the people we love and for you know, our professional lives and personal lives. And um, yeah, it was recommended to me by um, a couple of um, fellow students in my uh, class. So I'm excited to get finished with that one. How about All you right. My other thing to add would be uh, the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I read this book similar to when my mentor told me about the quote, you become like the five people you spend your most time with. And an analogy that I took from from the book that I really liked was basically I think it was applying Isaac Newton's like third law of motion I think it's Isaac Newton but anyway like the third the third law of motion that an an object at motion will stay at motion and basically within the book it talks about how as soon as you start to get going and you continue these habits you're going to be picture like a, a um a ferris wheel or something like that that it just continues to spin at a fast speed that that's similar to you when once you get some momentum going in your life of you doing the right habits and the right skills and hanging out with the right people that you're going to be able to keep keep it up at that same rate likewise if you sit around watch tv all day if you don't do anything you'll be like a ferris wheel that's that that's stopped and it's very hard to get 
going, but once it does get going, it'll it's a lot easier to keep it moving. So very that's good. what I have to add. Very good. It, it relates very nicely to our topic of the day. All right. Well, that's episode six, and we will see you next week. For yes, we will see seven. you then. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.